Does this show not have one of the fucking sickest intro and outro musics? Dude, the music in general is awesome, but yes. <laughs> I mean, everything about this is awesome. Let's see how long we can talk about this without mentioning what it is. <laughs> okay. We can do that. We could do that. All right. Uh, I mean, it'll be a futile yeah. effort because the title of the episode will still have it up on there, but it'll be fun nonetheless. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, first of all, the art style. Oh, my God, dude. The nine, it's not, I guess it was at late 90s. Uh, early 2000s. So, yeah, late 90s. Early 2000s. Um, it's just, it's an iconic style. And one that, as we'll get into in the short life of it, we it didn't change, in my opinion, too much, but it just improved slightly over time. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, 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 I was <laughs> going to ask you to watch the, uh, the movie that came out just like a year or two ago, maybe yeah. three years ago, that's on Netflix. Because I think with that movie, they, they like perfected the art style. Yeah, it matches exactly what I remember the original series being, and it smoothed it out a little bit and made it a little bit more uh, comprehensive uh, with movement and spacing. Um, it's one of the things that changed from the original style, but I think honestly is improved upon in this movie that came out not too long ago. Yeah, I think that's great. I think learning after all those years. Um, I mean the 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 space aspects of it, the technology, all those things are just so well done in both the episodes that we watch. Um, and I wanted like, to, dude. I wanted. I, I, so there were are like a. Like if, if I could have, I would have had us watch the whole fucking series because one, it isn't that long. And yeah. two, after watching the, the two bits that we watched, I I went into full like mode. Yeah, I could see that happening. I like I need a tattoo now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I love Well, they're tattoos. even associated with Psychonauts too. Yeah, definitely. The game. definitely some psychonaughty naughtiness in there. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, this is like, like, is this the weirdest cartoon show of all time? Is this the weirdest child's cartoon show of all time? It's, it's up there. I don't think it's the weirdest because Ren and Stimpy existed. Ren and Stimpy did exist. Um, and I do not believe that, that was Ren a kid's show did. in any way. That was not a kid show. Oh my god, no! And I, it was billed like that. I remember as a kid, and I'm like, I should not be watching this. Even I knew that. Yeah, even, it was just not okay. Yeah, even we as children <laughs> were watching Ren and Stimpy, being like, "This doesn't yeah. seem right." Yeah, he was probably the largest asshole that I've ever seen in a cartoon character. And I, <laughs> I mean, you have some of it in the show we're talking about today, but it was all in good fun. I just think that graphically what they did with some of the scenes is pretty dark. 
Absolutely. So and this is dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is that's what I'm saying. This one, like there are, but they do it in a kid way, right? They do shadows on the wall, so you don't actually see it happening. And oh, um, absolutely. And I think that that's a a a brilliant uh, point of of what you're talking about there. And before we get into our actual topic, by the way, over there is the Vanilla Bear. We are taking a deep dive into pop culture today with one of the most popular uh, animated shows uh, of our childhood, for sure. I think it really redirected the landscape of cartoons in a big way, and we'll talk about that later. And I'm not going to mention it yet, because there's a few things that I want to talk about. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, you should know, over here is your chocolate bear. Uh, That is Mundo. If you don't know... You should know. This is the Two Bears Media Review. Pop Culture Forest right here. And we have to start off. uh, We can start in in two ways. Uh, One about Nickelodeon and the other with the creator. So I think it it, it only makes sense that we start with uh, probably Nickelodeon, right? Probably. uh, My interest is most in how Nickelodeon, given the shows that we do know Nickelodeon for, for the most part, thought, hey, let's make this show. This seems like a good move. This seems like (laughs) not the right thing that they wanted at the time, right? Yeah. Okay, so Nickelodeon. um, Do you know where Nickelodeon gets its name from? Uh, That I don't know. Okay, so uh, a Nickelodeon, if you were to believe this, uh, it is a combination of, of words. An Odeon is a Greek playhouse that has a roof. You know, normally Greek plays were done in an out open field, normally on like a hillside or whatever. But if it was inside and had a roof, it was an Odeon. Okay. And back in the day, like, 20s 30s 40s you could get into cheap movie theaters by paying a nickel ah the dream and so (laughs) using this these theaters these five cent movie theaters were called nickelodeons Hmm. that's pretty sweet yeah and so uh uh they named it uh, after that, because of its ease of access and its ease of, of wanting of, of children uh, yeah. to be enjoying uh, uh, television, you know, it's, it, it was rebranded uh, for animated children's cartoons uh, in the early 90s, um, coming out with what would eventually become called uh, Nicktoons. Yeah, and that was good first- stuff few Nicktoons are really popular. I'm just going to shout some out at you, and you're going to tell me if you remember them, okay? Uh-huh. And by the way, all of these are before Invader Zim. Yeah, I feel like most of the major ones are. So, Doug, thumbs up. Oh, my God. Yeah, Patty Mayonnaise, get out of here. Rugrats, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ren and Stippy. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life. Big yeah. up from me. Yep. Uh, ah, Real Monsters. 
But that's not the one in the sewer, right? That is the one in the sewer with it. Yeah, yeah, okay, rum. yeah. Uh, yep. By the way, one of my favorite. <laughs> that was one of my favorites as a kid. One of my, I loved that one. Dude, I love fucking Avro Monsters and and Oblina. Yeah. Um, oh my god, a, yeah. Sometimes I'm at a if I'm at a bar and we start talking about like these old cartoons like this, uh, <laughs> I'll make a bet for a drink or a shot that whoever I'm talking to can't name two of the three monsters in Avril Monsters. I mean, I probably couldn't name them now, so I'd lose, but... It is Grom and Oblina, bro! <laughs> my bad. Uh, honestly, maybe my least favorite of this whole block, and I know it's controversial, but I did not like Hey Arnold. I understand. I liked it, but I understand. I also didn't like Doug, though. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that it's crazy talk. Well, I think it's because, but. like, right, <laughs> I, I, I'd be interested in rewatching them now because, yeah. you know, as a child, it wasn't cartoony enough for me. Oh, okay. Cause so, so Doug was a really good one when you were younger because I felt like it dealt with, like, the everyday school life really well. Sure, and that's not what I wanted out of cartoons. Yeah, like, and that was knowing me now, you probably would assume I liked that. And oh, that's a absolutely. Fair assessment. Yeah, that's like, your shit for sure. Yeah. So that was, that, I really liked it for that. And we'll get into that on what we're talking about here today because there's a part in it that, that I thought was really, really clever. Oh, for sure we will. But I know, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, next up, Kablam! <laughs> you remember Kablam! Really tiny bit. I can't tell you. I can say much about it. <laughs> I remember, oh my god, dude! That was like Robot Chicken before Robot Chicken. Uh, the Angry Beavers. I loved the Angry Beavers. I remember when they gave up chewing on things. Yes, yes, <laughs> that was my favorite episode. And yeah. uh, Angry Beavers is also one of those <laughs> cartoon shows that I will ask somebody over a shot. Uh, if they can name either of the angry beavers. Uh, I couldn't either. Yeah, I get in orbit, bro. <laughs> no, I have so much useless knowledge, but these cartoons did not stick name-wise. I remember things that happened in them. Uh, cat but... dog. Yeah, cat dog, yeah. The I need wild, a joke at work with that one. Wild thornberries. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, uh, the biggest one of all time, uh, I think the longest running children's uh, cartoon show ever, um, debuted on May 1st, 1999. Of course, we're talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. Dude, that was a winner. <laughs> this was the cash grab of all cash grabs. Uh, Rocket Power. We, we'll have to do a separate episode on that one for factual reasons because there's just so much oh, history. Yeah, Noah there. has to be you, on here for the conversation. Yeah, with, you yeah. can't just bring SpongeBob up and then pretend like you talked all about it because you didn't. Like, it's, right. SpongeBob it's, is so much more than just SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love that one. And Hockey you, players, sure, roller skating. Sure you, you know how I felt about it. Yeah, yeah. Not in a cartoon. <laughs> oh, but when the, the cool guy visits and he's trying to be all cool like him, and he dresses <laughs> just like he does, didn't they have the 
30 minutes or less pizza place. They did. And then um, I always love those. It's the first thing that I ever heard Mundo in, because one of the characters in there is Ray Mundo. Oh. Yeah, so. Nice. uh, And then, debuting on the exact same day as Invader Zim debuted, The Fairly Odd Parents. I was going to ask you about that one in our conversation, because there's a lot of similarities in these two shows between the character types. Uh, interesting. Uh, we'll talk about it. I don't know how much I agree with that. Maybe not a lot, but there's one or two I feel like. Oh, bro! Set did, up that. Did you uh, see the preview for the new Fairly Odd Parents TV show? No. It's on Par. It's it's apparently streaming on Paramount Plus now. This is not a plug, by the way, because it looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it's it's like live action but Cosmo and Wanda are still 2D I don't like it it looks real bad and you, listen dude I watched fucking Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers Steve loved that movie which was incredible <laughs> I fucking loved it so much I haven't heard a bad thing about that movie because most people went in understanding what it was and it delivered exactly what you well, expected. Well, that's the thing. I, I think that it works both ways because people who went in <laughs> expecting something got what they were expecting. Somebody like me who had no idea what to expect was super entertained by it. Oh, I'm sure. And that Even I looked up a few it. times for my book and paid attention. <laughs> so it was good. And that brings us to our six, the 16th Nick 2. And one of the shortest runs, I'm actually looking at the list right now. And out of the first, let's see, 23. This is also including Shock Zone, Jimmy Neutron, Rugrats All Grown Up, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Danny Phantom, and Avatar, The Last Airbender, all the way from 1 to 23. The one with the fewest number of episodes is Invader Zim. I think that's okay. I, but it doesn't make it any worse. No, I think it makes it better because there's... Yeah. SpongeBob and, and Fairly Odd Parents <laughs> ran way too long. Yeah. You know, and in that long-ass yep. runtime... Their quality dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And by the time Fairly Odd Parents added in Poof and whatever their stupid fucking dog was, couldn't stand oh, yeah. it. Couldn't yeah. fucking stand it. Uh, but, 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 but to talk about what we're talking about today, by the way, if you can't tell, it is Invaders in. We need to talk about maybe the weirdest individual on the planet. <laughs> I mean, to come... To have a show like that, you have to be a little off the wall. His name. Right out front. Like. <laughs> and this is like one of those guys, like, uh, I, I always uh, say, like, with Tim and Eric, too, like, Tim and Eric. Like, I don't think those guys are on drugs at all, even a little bit. I just nope. think they're weird as fuck and, like, have a mind that works differently than anybody else's on the planet. Yeah. As well, so. I don't think John and Vasquez is on drugs or like 
inebriated at all. He's just weird. That's sometimes how I feel about Justin Roiland because oh, we were watching one hundred percent. Yeah, like we were watching the uh, Xbox showcase, and I'm sure you saw that there's a new game coming out by them. Yeah. Um, and this, as soon as it opened, I'm like, oh my god, this is a Justin Roiland game. There's no way this isn't a Justin Roiland game. And then, of course, you know, Squanch Games pops up and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, a talking gun that looks like it's flesh? Yes, please. Like, I, mean, that's I want all of it. All we need in life. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and oh. I love that. I, I love that there are people out there that aren't afraid to be weird. I think that it's just like, and, like, the world needs these people because it breaks up the monotony of everybody. Like, I, you know, people at work and people all through my life has have accused me of being the weird one. Right? Yeah. But the thing about it is, like, my weirdness comes through, like, conversation, the way that my mind works. These people are so much more better than me because they can put their weirdness down on paper. Yes. And they can draw it and they can share it with the world in a way that I cannot. It, in a way that we're still talking about it 22 years later. Isn't that the truth, man? <laughs> and this all, if you were to believe it, begins way back. I'm taking, I'm, I'm shoving you into the way back machine. Okay. And taking you to San Jose, California. At Mount Pleasant High School. Yes, John and Vasquez went to a place called Mount Pleasant. (laughs) And while there, the school was looking for a new mascot. And he drew a couple of of things, but his didn't win. I think the one that he went to draw was like some sort of like weird bird thing. Um, But even though he didn't win... He ended up drawing a little sketch of a character named Johnny C. Okay. And this Johnny C, he would uh, uh, draw little like newspaper strips for the school newspaper. Um, <clears throat> do you know what Johnny C is? Do you know where this no. is going at all? Okay, no. so here's the other side that I <laughs> wanted to, to... It was a little bit too late because I forgot what we were doing this week. But had I the time... You and I would also be reviewing a very special book to me. Okay. <laughs> this Johnny C. Which he would continue drawing through high school and eventually become his very first published comic. Would become known as Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh my God. <laughs> Which was a comic where a surrogate of him, this Johnny C character, or sometimes referred to as knee, like your knee without the K. Right. Uh, knee kind of like goes around and kills people that are rude to him. And it the could dream. be. That is the be, dream. <laughs> it could be anything from accidentally bumping into him and not saying sorry. It could be playing music too loud. At one point, somebody asks him for a cigarette. He says he doesn't smoke. And the guy's like, only fags don't smoke. (laughs) 
And he turns around and he says, you know, I was going to walk right along and go to the movie theater and mind my own business. But here we are at a cafe and now everyone's going to have to deal with your decisions. He walks away, locks the door and kills everybody inside. God. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to uh, screen share with you. Uh, Is it safe to assume that he probably didn't have the best high school experience? Oh, yeah. You can tell that this dude's a loner. <laughs> um, he says that, he says, like I said, it's he doesn't ever say that it's a, a surrogate of him, but you can tell that these are the people that piss him off. These are the people that, uh, uh, and, and it yeah. is black and white and it is gorgeous, dude. The artwork in Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is legitimately some of my favorite artwork in comics ever. Um, and even though it starts off as this uh, very putrid, very bloody, very maniacal uh, uh, drawing of, of what have you. By the time that these uh, issues start like running, and especially by uh, issue number, I, I want to say three, you really, he, he like starts getting like philosophical about it. Why is John, okay. what's causing him to do this? Does it even bring Johnny pleasure to be doing this? And issue number three also has one of my favorite, uh, I want to say shorts, because they're kind of like vignettes the comics are. You know, each okay. comic has like three to four, maybe five stories in it. Um, but issue number three actually has a story where his neighbor boy, this little kid named Todd, sometimes called Squee, um, is lost in a mall, and he gets abducted by this fat dude and takes him back to a back alley and the fat dude's like yeah kid yeah your mom's gonna be right back she told me and since i helped you maybe you can help me and squeeze like how could i possibly help you and he's like all you need to do is be really quiet and then all of a sudden, a fucking metal pipe bashes into the back of this dude's head. Blood starts spurting everywhere. And Johnny goes on this amazing philosophical critique of impulses and how we're all machines and some machines can't stop what they're doing because they're machines. Machines just work. And as he's talking to, to Squee about it, he's like, see, look. There's nothing but wires and, and fuel in here. Cuts off the dude's hand. <laughs> Good Lord. You know, he's like, he's like, and all you need to do is go into the main for rips open the skull, pulls out the brain. Like this is oh, fucking God. disgusting, dude. Here, I'm about to scream. I'd like there. it though. I mean, I'd, I'd get into that. It'd be fine. And once you see the artwork, you're going to be like, this this is Invader Zip. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna love this, okay? Uh, screen share. Boom. You see me? Yeah. All right. Check this out, bro. Uh, by the way, anyone listening, I just googled Johnny the Homicidal Maniac comic strips, and this is one of the first ones that came up. Uh, so look at this, bro. Oh Jesus. Yeah, they're like directly pulled from the page. 
this is the this is that exact strip that I was telling you about. This is all the people in that cafe. That's insane. That he's killing because the one dude called him a fag for not smoking. You tried to trip me once. Your lazy eye disturbs me. You react to verbal abuse by degenerating into a submissive dork. Quit trying to bring back bell bottoms. <laughs> and then right here in the oh middle, he smiles, thought. everybody smiles. And I know you know that I say smiles, everybody smiles quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Smiles, everyone. But then there's other ones like this right here. Uh, Dear Diary, <laughs> today I stuffed a doll with full of dead rats I put in a blender. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. I mean, uh, in all honesty, dude, I and John the Homicidal Maniac was something that one of my friend's moms had the individual issues of uh, whenever I was like, I don't know, nine, ten. <laughs> and me and my friend would just like sit around and look through these pictures and we didn't get it at the time. Um, and I don't know if anybody truly gets John the Homicidal Maniac. I mean, it's wild. Uh Amazon hat. You can buy a director's cut of it from Amazon paperback that has uh, all the issues, all seven issues, as well as a couple of bonuses like his Happy Noodle Boy, for example, uh, which is a stick figure that in universe is drawn by Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and voices his frustration with the universe. Um, okay. It became a very popular comic. Uh, for the underground comic movement that was happening slowly in the early 90s. This is why Image started. This is why, like, Dark Horse got big and Vertigo got big. Um, however, Giant Homicide Maniac, by the end of the run, was so much for, for Joan and Vasquez to do. And, and he cut it off at seven, even though, man, I wish that 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 he'd he'd do uh another series of it now today i'd love to see him return i mean he could be working on it for all we know and oh i god i hope so dude you have no idea oh my god (laughs) i want it so bad especially now when that would be something more accepted oh for sure yeah if he did it now not only would it uh uh boost his sales because of him redoing it but yeah it would 100 percent fit today's atmosphere of like neediness and uh, consumerism and just overall perpetualistic violence that is seeping into our media in general um yep. and i don't know why i don't know why but somebody from nickelodeon saw this shit <laughs> I don't think yeah. that, he does, that, that maybe they necessarily saw Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac does have a, a, a spinoff slash sequel that is focused on Squee, the next door neighbor kid. Okay. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is actually like very protective of. He's the only person in Squee's life that sees that Squee has abusive parents. 
uh, that protects him from bullies, that really gives a fuck about the kid. You know, and at the end of the series, he even yeah. goes to Squee and he's like, listen, dude, like, it seems like you're going to be fucked up like I'm fucked up. And please try to look on the bright side of life because I don't want you to become like me. You know, yeah. it's very sweet, very heart-wrenching. Heart, uh, uh, however, it does continue with Squee's big, wonderful, giant book of unspeakable horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Which follows a Squee, obviously. And uh, this, I think, is is where somebody may have seen uh, from Nickelodeon uh, because it's once again it's, it's based off of the the little neighbor kid. Um, yes. But it it very well deals with his life in school. You know, he he meets um, he meets a, a Chihuahua that is murderous. <laughs> he makes friends with. He becomes best friends with Pepito, who is uh, the son of the Antichrist. Um, Where did these ideas with, come from? He deals with <laughs> alien abductions. And even, check this out, could you guess who his, high, who his school uh, teacher is? Who Squeeze school teacher is? Oh, Mrs. Bitter? Yep. Oh my gosh. We get our first appearance of Miss Bitters in Squee. He's masterful. And in fact, <laughs> um, some of the aliens that uh, come to invade Earth in Squee, though they weren't in the episodes that we watched, are in Invaders In. Very cool. And I believe there's one episode, just one, uh, where you can see Johnny the Homicidal Maniac like walking in the background. Oh, okay. That's kind of neat. If I if I go back and watch it, I'll keep an eye out. Give me one second. Yeah. Pause, 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 pause. So one way or another, they go to uh, Invaders Inn. They go to John and Vasquez, right? And yep. they're... They, they want, they tell him that they want a, a show that would in, impress young to mid teenagers wanting to branch out and hit more of that uh, demographic that Ren and Stimpy and uh, uh, what was hitting. Yeah. Um, however, obviously, Jonan isn't an idiot. He knows that he can't just adapt Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. No, it wouldn't be the same show in any way. And he didn't also want to uh, do Squee, citing that he wanted to challenge himself and do something brand new instead of adapt something that he already did. Yeah. And he claims that the whole premise of Invader Zim came to him in an hour because, well, he couldn't sleep laying in bed. About an alien... Uh, from a super advanced technological empire that comes to Earth but is too, either too lazy or too incompetent to take over Earth. Yeah. And thus, Zim was born. That holds true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I love that they kept the the art style and from the pilot onward, it's really pretty much the same thing. I'm just going to give a quick shout out real quick before we start talking about the episodes and the story over all of Zim. Uh, but Richard Stephen uh, Horvitz is the voice of Zim. He was the third uh, voice uh, uh, choice, the third voice choice, the third voice choice for Zim. Because, <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill. Um, because Vasquez didn't feel uh, like Mark Campbell's voice fit Zim uh, very well. Uh, he was replaced by Billy West, who I think Billy West does the voice in the in the uh, unaired pilot of Invader Zim. Okay. And then, uh, however, with Billy West also being the lead of Futurama, yeah, that's the voice I recognized. I couldn't place it. Well, he didn't want he didn't want uh, uh, the two shows to have a similar lead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they ended up going with Richard Stephen Horvitz, um, and much more interesting, of course, is Mister Rosarick Ricky C- Simmons. Who we yeah. know and we love as Gurr. There's the shit. <laughs> the uh, best. He gave, he got the 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 voice of Gurr because they couldn't find uh, uh, anybody that what that did a good voice for a quote stock crazy robot. Yeah, and Vasquez invited Simmons to audition, stating he couldn't screw it up more than anyone else. <laughs> he did a few voices, uh, high praise, one where he was trying to imitate his mother-in-law. That was so bad that Jonan Vasquez knew that that was the voice. Oh my god, no. <laughs> so they rec- they would record him and then they would just like suit it up, make it a little bit higher pitched and then yeah. add in a metallic like background of it and that's Gurr's voice. Um, I, I forget where I read this but <laughs> I also read somewhere because this is the greatest story of all time. Um, that the first time that Rosrick Simmons met uh, Jonan Vasquez, he was, Jonan told him to come into his office and, and knock before he entered it. So he knocks and Jonan says, come in. And Vasquez is sitting there. Once again, I forget where I read this. So I, I, this could be somebody else entirely, but there's no way that it could possibly be. <laughs> So he says that he walks into the office and John and Vasquez is sitting in the office with all the lights out and like black curtains over the windows. So like almost no light is in this room except the light that's coming from a television that John and Vasquez is watching a monkey getting dissected on. This dude. And in, what do you in, say in to no, that? No short time at all, 
uh, what, March 30th, 2001, Invader Zim drops, my man. It drops, The Nightmare Begins, the very first episode uh, of Invader Zim, um, award-winning, in fact. This was a, a very... Um, highly regarded, especially from uh, critical standpoints, um, a very highly regarded animated animated episode. Um, eventually, winning most outstanding uh, achievement in animate in animation uh, from the fifty third Primetime Emmy Awards. Jeez. That year, it also won an, an award from the Annie Awards, which, if you guys don't know. Uh, the Annie Awards is considered the highest award ceremony for animation. Uh, so that's it, pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, and it won an so so this first episode, this nightmare begins. Uh, we watched it for this episode because I wanted to once again get reacclimated and i think that this is a very like it is the perfect first episode of like anything because this really good perfectly sets up everything that's happening for the show right uh yep you want to bring you want to take us through it yeah we can we can start there um so it opens up essentially with you just see a big congregation of green heads. Yeah. Um, and it pans up to the stage. You have your two leader aliens, and they call them the tallest <laughs> and, because and they're a, just big versions of them. And in a, in a later <laughs> episode, Dib, Dib flat out says, uh, by the way, Dib, that is Zim's arch nemesis on Earth. He flat out says, your leaders are just taller than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even as an adult, I'm sitting in there going, wait, is it just because they're taller or are they older? And that's why they're taller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused. But it's literally just they're taller. So they're they have more power. There's a, there's <laughs> a theory out there um, that the only thing that's real on the tallest is their heads that their bodies are hidden in these animatronic things and that they're not taller. They're just in like these bodysuit of robots that make them look taller. That makes sense. They don't move well. No, they don't, but go on. So, uh, <laughs> but as any bad student would be, right, it pans off to this rocket ship coming in full force, the spaceship coming in full force, running late, getting stuck in between <laughs> yeah, whatever like those were. In there. Yeah. He's and so he's reckless. Just, yeah, and he's just yelling, get out of my way, get out of my way, doing his little Zim thing. Yeah. So you're already excited to see what he's about to look like, if you've never seen it before. Yeah. I was excited, and I knew what he looked like. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for, for his entrance. Um, <laughs> and they were doing i it made me think of the book of mormon from the song oh where they're they're like telling them where they're going for their like uh assignment or yeah it's always like the people they hate 
the worst get the shittiest places. <laughs> well, and, and to the Urkin Empire, those, those are the aliens, by the way, the Urkins. Uh, yeah. Your status is depended upon by how tall you are. Yeah, so the taller you are, the better places you get. The one gets the the planet with the comfiest couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So amazing. Oh, Home of the universe was comfiest couch. So they go through all of them. They get to finally the last one, and he's the, the shortest and stoutest. So they're making fun of him, which is already hysterical. Yeah. And at this point, the two of the, and, the and, main and, you Irk. Know, do you remember where they said to him? <laughs> Home of the remember. slaughtering rat people. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and um, Patrick, I want you to know. I want you to know that in a later episode of Invader Zim, it is shown that he is the first one to conquer this planet. <laughs> I have to rewatch it to remind myself of all this. He is the first one. The one sent to the home of the slaughtering rat people. <laughs> Good for him. But the way Zim... that, the way that John and Vasquez, and he says that, that Nickelodeon like very rarely uh, messed with his scripts or the dialogue that he gave them. Yeah. Uh, Joan Vasquez is like one of the masters of like stringing together adjectives. It's, I have it. I have one written down. We'll get to. Okay. 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 Yeah. I. Yeah. No. That's. You make a very good point, and I did. Nobody uses sentences quite like Joan and Vasquez. They're just different. They hit you different. They really Uh, do. Even his like quick-witted comedy, right? Where right before um, they start giving out where these people are going, um, they're the the short version of it is like how do the two uh, the tallest are talking about how do we make this exciting for them right like how do we make it a show and like multiple times they just shoot the one in the eye with a laser that's the joke and you're like I'm good <laughs> so Zim gets up there bro yeah Zim gets up there and <clears throat> he is pleading to get a planet and you learn that. <laughs> Not only was he part of Operation Impending Doom One, <laughs> great name for name for an operation. Because now they're sending them to Operation Impending Doom Two, because clearly it was a failure. Yeah. But you don't just learn that he failed at his mission. You learned that he didn't even get off their home planet and just blew everything up <laughs> and made the fires worse. Like. Worse or better? Better. <laughs> like, that, it is a view like, of. <laughs> that is a, a perspective shift that is like one of my favorite things in the world. Like, to this day, if somebody says, Oh man, that was one of the worst car crashes I've ever seen, or did you hear about the worst shark attack that happened in Hawaii? I'll be like, Worst? Or best. <laughs> so, they, so they are like, fine, let's just get rid of this guy. Zim's a pain in the ass. We need to just throw him somewhere. That doesn't matter. Space, to wild space. 
Yeah, so they point to an undiscovered planet. It's just a piece of paper on their map, even though they're highly technological, and they could have just put a question mark on there. A post-it note? <laughs> yeah, a post-it note. And Zim is all excited. He's There's happy. These little details that, like, I know that little Mundo probably thought that was funny, but older Mundo finds that fucking hilarious. It's so smart. And it's so simple. That's what it is. Yeah, it's just a simple um, little joke that goes so far. <laughs> well, right. Well, so to my point, right, as a kid, you don't really notice that. But as an adult, you realize that that's a huge screen with so much technology. And all they did was put a post-it note and wrote Mystery Planet on it. Yeah, it is that's... literally their whole empire, which is like a quarter of the universe. And then there's a yeah. post-it note that has a, yeah. yeah, oh my God, it's so clever. And so he gets his plan in. That's great, right? So they're saying they're handing out robots. You get a robot buddy to help you be your. Oh, slave. I'm sorry for keep on interrupting you, but do you remember why he needs to invade? Because being an invader courses through his veins like a pair of radioactive pants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Once again, his dialogue is. Very unique. Too good. good. Sorry, I just had to bring up the radioactive pants line. No, that's totally fine. Um, Do not ignore my robots. To what? Do not ignore my veins. Well, okay, they're, they're, we're moving on. They start moving, they get into, I was really excited. So this one I took a lot of notes for, the second one I did not. I wanted to just enjoy that one oh, because yeah, I had yeah, gotten yeah. the palate cleanser. Um, for sure. They're but they're out fun, there. So I love the creation of Gur. Yeah, the, so they're handing out their slave robots and they're very clearly chosen to be slave robots. Like they're calling their their person master right yeah all of that and <laughs> zim you get a very special robot it's the latest technology bring out the garbage can yeah and in his hand he pulls like paper clips and a gumball out of his pocket i want to say in the head of this, that this is a great example of like why and how the urkins are so advanced they literally just pull up a garbage can and the one in like real time in like two seconds fashions together a robot and is able to use, I know it's a kid's show and it's like, yeah. it's supposed to be funny, but like thinking about it logistically, I think that it is a really good ex- example of how advanced the Urkins are. Yeah. And like, that's a simple machine for them. Right, he can just—he literally just <laughs> screws some things together and makes a whole ass robot. And and you get to hear Gurr's voice for the first time. Oh, oh, dude, it just hits right. It really does. <laughs> There's like few things that are as nostalgic to me as Gurr's voice. <laughs> I don't remember the exact way he says it, but I know Zip Zip's like I feel like he's stupid. He's not <laughs> stupid. He said that. Yeah. And Zim says, Zim says, of course. It's ingenious. It even fooled me. <laughs> uh, so they 
were, let me ask you this. Were, were yeah. there girls in your high school that were like completely obsessed with everything girl? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that like a thing? Like, was that a thing for like? That was actually more middle school, I think. But there was a time frame where like every girl you knew was obsessed with girl, right? Keychains, they had patches on their backpack. Yeah, had all of it. Yeah. yeah, shirts. I had this one friend. She had the sickest uh, little like girl backpack. I get yeah, people had those. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I, I, how can you not? Girl is so cute, dude. I was watching this <laughs> and I was like, I don't think. I think that the only thing that has ever surpassed the cuteness of Gur in his dog suit might be Grogu from the Mandalorian. Like it took That's us it. 20 <laughs> years to get one thing more cute than Gur in a dog suit. Yep. Right? I'd have to I have to agree with you. I can't think of another thing as cute as that and all that time. <laughs> like, that's one and one A. Like they are yeah. like it took 20 years for us to be her. <laughs> yeah. And John Farber knew what he was doing. Come on, oh we all God. know. Hell yeah. The way he introduced that thing, he knew. Yeah. Um, he probably yeah. put out an edict to Star Wars saying that they cannot move forward with Grogu until he was absolutely sure that it was cuter than Gurr. He was that was the number one thing yeah. on the Grogu build list. Big bold yeah. black letters, cuter than Gurr. Could you imagine if you got to play a video game with Gurr? Oh my god, dude. Oh uh, they need to work with Squanch games and make an Invader Zim game. That you're, would be amazing. Oh my god, dude. Let, I can't even talk about it because you're making me mad that it doesn't exist. Either way, so <laughs> <laughs> so they they start their journey they uh-huh. get in their spaceship uh, you have six month time lapse although it opens with Gur just repeating do, do, a tune do, over do, and over again can you guess when the song ends at about six months when they show up on earth and he's like wait wait I'm almost done <laughs> And this is the first time you see Gur take on the like the red eyes and become actually his slave for like yeah. a hot second. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's something that is so well done because it doesn't even always solve the problem. Sometimes it ends up making most of the time it ends up making it worse. But, yeah, and the red eyes is supposed to like indicate that now he's taking his job seriously. Yeah, yeah. but what happens when they land and they get out? Right, he sees a squirrel and then just starts mimicking a squirrel because <laughs> that's the first thing he could think of. And then doesn't he say he wants to be a mongoose? <laughs> that when I was a kid, that was my favorite line from that show. <laughs> It was the first time. Yeah. (laughs) And poor Zim's like, I gotta rein this shit in. Like, come on. Dude, it's so good. And then whenever Zim's coming up with a costume for him, he asks if he could be a mongoose dog. Yeah. Um, Uh, That first... uh, That first image of of Zim whenever he's, like, going through human disguises. Yeah. That very first one that 
skinny one with glasses. That's a self portrait of John and Vasquez. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, the I really liked this part of the the first episode because it showed you the technology that they have I, as compared to where they landed. I, I really <clears throat> totally agree with you. Like this this first half of this episode, once again, from the creation of, of Gurr uh into yeah. like him just like doodling on his like little sketch pad and then the ship becoming <laughs> yeah. the house itself. Well the fact that it's drill it drills itself into the ground and builds from the like ground into up. the core of the earth man like yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i i i, I was like jeez especially watching now i'm like jesus like these urkins could really fuck up a planet uh we did miss over your intro to dib and was it gaz right yeah gaz and professor membrane yeah. um yeah. those are i mean professor membrane's my fucking boy <laughs> Not now, son. I'm making toast. <laughs> Later on, you find out that what he's really working on is super toast. Jesus. Uh, but Dib hears the aliens coming, so Dib gets tipped off. And clearly he's the, um, to make a comparison, he's the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents who realizes that fairies exist. Oh, good. Yeah, nice. Good good call there, bro. Yeah, good call. That there. was why I thought of it immediately. I'm like, oh, I remember Dip now. He was like the crazy paranoid aliens exist guy. Um, and they do and a we great all know job those of... People that we all went to school with those people that are, were so into conspiracy theories and Bigfoot and alien like the brilliant part of having dib in here is that even though dib's right we all know who that person is and like how much they're like ridiculed by everyone else in society yep and um you also get i totally forgot he had robot parents as a security team i love his (laughs) robot parents um I remember the gnomes. The gnomes are awesome. Yeah, the gnomes that shoot lasers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but the parents I did not remember. <laughs> they're just so janky that, like, why dude, would... <laughs> they don't even have legs. They're on, like, oh. wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome home, son. <laughs> Between his dog walking on two legs and his robot parents, I don't know how he's going to get away with this. <laughs> But he realizes he has to go to school to normalize. School spelled with a K, by the way. With a K. Uh, this is where you meet the lovely Miss Bitters. My favorite fucking uh, teacher ever in cartoons, dude. Miss Bitters rules. <laughs> and she hits you immediately with the line, Hey kids, welcome the new hopeless appendage to the stupid mind. <laughs> I oh my god, dude! I 
was falling down on the couch. I was laughing so hard at that line. Like, I went back and watched it again to make sure I heard what I heard. Hit me with it again, bro. <laughs> Welcome the new hopeless appendage to the stupid mind. Oh my god. Oh my god. But this like interaction, wow. <laughs> like from there on, the rest like for the rest of the school day, all like two seconds of the rest of this them in school, is like so exceptional for like what Invader Zim is. It's perfect. You get Miss Bitters being like that, talking about the end of the fucking universe and everything's doomed. 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 Yeah. Go home now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the argument of Dib and Zim in that classroom is fucking awesome, too. Well, he gets away with it, right? Because they know, everyone knows how crazy Dib is. <laughs> and Dib has one of my favorite <laughs> lines in the whole show right here. Whenever they're talking about how, you know, they're talking about how Dib is always talking about, uh, Loch Ness monster and seeing Bigfoot in his garage, and he like says under his breath, he was using the belt sander. Yeah. <laughs> and the idea, and the idea of Bigfoot using a belt sander to this day is like one of the funniest things in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many little lines in it, but that part I think impressed me the most because he somehow put acceptance for the young kids to understand. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just don't know how he did it in like that dark vibe. He somehow put the idea he of even, acceptance of people different from you. He in even it. fucking introduced old kid. Yeah, old kid. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> I love old kid dude. I has such good points, right? Like he's on the he's on the whiteboard drawing the clear differences between them and Zim. And they're all like, just sit your ass down. We don't have time for this. Like I love it whenever uh, he asks Zim if not having ears is a part of his skin condition. And Zim plays it off perfectly by like yeah. almost crying when he says <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> like he could have not he could not have handled that any better you know what I mean <laughs> oh he got all the sympathy from the class especially the girl behind him oh for sure yeah the girl behind him hates him clearly Oh, yeah. Something there. I'm sure that comes up later in the show because she had very clear hatred for Dib, but <laughs> I'd have to watch it. Um, I wish that there were more episodes based around the student body than there are because, yeah, I think like there's no like episode around old kid. Um, there's an episode yeah. based around one of the kids named Keith. Uh, that tries to become Zim's best friend. Um, and then, of course, there's the episode Dark Harvest, which is maybe the most disturbing episode of the whole fucking series, bro. That episode's wild. That's what I'm, I'm going to rewatch it, though, I think. Like, I'm not I, th- tell those you what two Dark episodes Harvest that we watched. About, 
I'm not going to tell you what Dark Harvest is about, but once you get to it, you're going to be like, this is astounding that they allowed this to air on a kid's TV network. That was probably the peak. You're probably like, okay, that one was too far. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, another fucking 20 episodes after it. Yeah, right. Uh, but so what, go on. Dib sorry. waits for school. Yeah, Dib waits for school to end at that point and follows Zim out, waits for everyone else to get away. Uh-huh. And, um, dude, this chase scene is epic. Dude, it is excellent. <laughs> the once music, again, once again, incredible. John and Vasquez, and John and Vasquez has never worked on animation before, before this, right? But this is like that's the, amazing the, to me. I don't know how that this is, is the true. start of my favorite type of, of animation, which is two dimensional in a using three dimensional objects. Yeah, you know, yep. um, the way that the Urkin ships are animated is, is three dimensional, but it's still in that two dimensional art style. Yeah, it's that like Futurama animates their vehicles. You know what I mean? How it's like that. It's almost like a disconnect because it doesn't look like it fits in there with Futurama until like the later seasons where they really perfected it. But Invader Zip, right from the fucking back, does this because of the art style already being like so obscured, already being very curved, um, already being very lively. There's no disconnect here, you know. They start flying around. He starts flying around on Zim through the streets. It looks spectacular. Dude, that style bleeded into video games. Oh, you're right. I never. They do that in video games all the time now. It's like a 2D, 3D, like even the side scroller ones. A lot of the side scrollers are like that. Yeah, Hades, my favorite game of all time. Like it, it's incredible that, the effect uh, that style had. Yeah, dude, you're right. I never <laughs> even thought about that. Yep. Um, this chase scene is awesome. Okay. Shout out to the uh, ice cream truck. <laughs> you need ice cream. You love ice cream. Your life <laughs> is meaningless without ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone else, naturally. Um, of course, he gets back to the house. He survives he another day. Even, dib. Like, does have use, man. He gets him out. He gets him out of there quick. Yep. He flies him away. Um, so you start. You also, yeah, you do learn a little bit of what Gur's powers are. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which are like things that you wouldn't think they would have built into him. Once again, they literally just cobbled <laughs> him together from track. Yeah, they thought he was shit. Like <laughs> he can fly. Yeah. <laughs> so and fast. Yeah, and fast. So that helped. Uh, but it does help him find where he lives, of course. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> which in most things, I think you'd find a problem with the show run because he solves that very quickly, but it's only three seasons, right? Total less than that, dude. It's only like 27 yeah. episodes, 26 episodes. So like if he finds out in the first episode where he lives, that's probably okay because then the rest of the story arc can happen. 
Well, what's what's so great about it is this gives you the impression and the knowledge that one Zim is not equipped mentally to take over Earth. So he's not a threat at all. As a matter of fact, in a later uh, episode in, in the season, Gaz, Dib's, bro- Dib's sister, flat out says that she knows that Zim's an alien, but she chooses not to do anything about it because he's clearly too stupid to rule the world. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant, but also brilliant is you have Dib, who might be capable of it, but he's not well-equipped enough for it. Right. And since nobody believes him, and his father, being the smartest and one of the most powerful men on the planet, doesn't even want to hear his side of the stories, you have this amazing crosshair where you have somebody who has all the power in the world, and you are matching them up against somebody who has all the knowledge in the world, but their shortcomings is what's going to drive the conflict majorly in this series. And I think that this first episode really shows you that very well. He has those handcuffs. He doesn't even know if they'd work. And by the end of them, they just get bazapped out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and it's such a smart thing that they had Zim ask that too. Like, how do you know if it works if you've never caught an alien? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know, I just assume. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, Dim is so great because of, like, his determination and then realizing whenever he's defeated. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's, he's pounding on Dim's door saying, you can't hide forever and if you can, then I'll wait forever! Which, honestly, I think was a Great. I think that I forget who voices did, but they really did a good job at voicing him. Yeah, um, I have that up. But then whenever the handcuffs get bazapped out of his hands, he's like, okay, I'm gonna go home and wait some more. <laughs> it's Andy Berman, who I do know his face when I've seen him and stuff, but he's I don't remember what it is. As they all are, these are some terrific voice actors everybody from the top down almighty yeah. tallest zim gaz dib professor membrane they all get gur of, of course gur how can we forget gur they're all really really good at this show um and at the end of the day zim calls back home sorry, sorry. um yeah he does to report that he did a great job and it was a great first day. (laughs) (laughs) They say, say, uh, it says it's a transmission from (laughs) Urat. Like, oh God. That makes it fun because clearly, you know, they don't know what Earth is. So as the viewer, you're like, oh, this is kind of funny. Yeah. They're going to get to learn what Earth is from the very beginning. Yeah, they have no a- knowledge. Yes, bro. You're totally- Zim is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrific first episode, bro. This is a really, really tight uh, uh, 20, 24 minutes. 
Uh, they pack a lot into it. Um, and the, I mean, it is literally like gut busting funny at times. Um, yeah, this lead this leads very well right into your idea of watching one later as well, because uh, we can kind of talk on how the story changed and it's fun it was fun for me not remembering what happened in between those to just see these other ones and have an opinion based on that yes not know the story leading up it's like our you know our episode scene it it was kind of interesting to watch it like that and see yeah it's one of those uh animated shows that kind of has like a loose continuity yeah, there's enough there where you're like, okay, I clearly remember Zim wants to take over Earth. So he's doing something in this episode to help him do that. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> especially with like Zim Eats Waffles, which is another episode we watch, it has like continuous mention of the, swole, uh, the swollen eyeball, which is yeah. like <laughs> Dib's 4chan <laughs> people. Did you, so you, did you watch the one before that too, the other episode? Warcoast Der Soul Stealer? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, but that's because I don't need to because Mortos Der Soul Stealer is one of my favorite episodes of Zim ever. Uh, I have seen <laughs> Mortos Der Soul Stealer like a thousand times, bro. I fucking okay. love it. Let me make a quick mention of the episode before we finish it. Yeah. Um, the episode, the whole time I was waiting for the shoe to drop, and for Mordo to save and to like try to actually attack Zim, but he never attacked Zim one time. Nope. <laughs> and like he needs pants to get energy and he needs burgers to get energy. Like but that, then he keeps like he, expending the energy. I like that he really needed pants to get energy. <laughs> when he looks good, he feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, He's he's all happy because he's playing with a bunch of puppies. Yeah. <laughs> and he just pieces out because Dib didn't do enough to take care of him. But it's I mean he I mean let's face it, he's only on Earth to grant one wish for one night every thousand years or whatever. And he, Ooh wee! I could sure go for some ice cream. <laughs> Ew, raisins. <laughs> Dude, the way that he, the way that this like demonic fucking ice cream man comes out of nowhere, hands this dude ice cream, and he's super yeah. excited, and then it's a big raisin flavored ice cream. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's great. How does uh, like somebody like that is like such a simple joke? Raisin yeah. raisin flavored ice cream is like such a simple joke that it shouldn't even like work as a joke. Yeah. It nails it though. It's per it's 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 because it's voiced perfectly. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right about that. Oh I think God. it like the pause on like the way they animate his face as he takes the first lick and then he says, Ew, raise it. And you're like, oh god, he got him. <laughs> and then I love and then I love that the uh, and, once again, I did not watch it, but this is all working off of up here because I've seen Invader Zim so much. But the way that the earth cracks open into the depths of hell and then Mortos jumps up 
and then floats up into the sky yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's very good at misdirection. Uh, yeah, it's but brilliant. let's talk about the significance of Zim eats waffles. Because this is a, a Gur highlight. That is also why we watched. Okay, so um, other quick, things as well. Quick, quick, I feel like Dib and Gur were like the prime yeah, quick, members quick in this one. Story here. Um, I was living with a group of people in State College, and uh, at this time, we were all like still kind of like getting to know each other, and so we all uh, as you do whenever you're living with a group of new people we're gonna get all fucked up together and have fun and, you know that's how we're gonna solidify our friendship and our roommateness right yeah, <laughs> so we're trying to think of something to watch <laughs> and i had recently just bought the complete collection of invader zim on dvd and I was living with three other people and two of them had like never even heard of Invader Zip. That's crazy. And so we're super drunk and we're, we've been smoking, we've been drinking and we just start watching Invader Zip. And dude, I'm telling you, we started watching Invader Zip maybe, you know, 11 o'clock, maybe midnight. And we fucking continued watching it until the sun was up. Like, we fucking tore through this shit. It was one of the best nights ever because it was introduced. And I, I kept on looking at them like, I can't believe you've never watched Invaders. I can't believe that this is all new to you. And the very first episode that I showed them was Zemi Eats Waffles. I was like, if you don't like this, then you're just not going to get the show. <laughs> Yeah. This is everything that the show is in a nutshell. And that's the thing, right? Your point of like it's loosely based plot lines. If you go in and just watch this little snippet of the show, it's very obvious that one person is trying to stop the other from destroying the world and taking over Earth. Yes, 100 It's a very big standout. You don't have to know anything else, and you can just enjoy the story for what it yes, is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they set it up, they set it up very well. They set it up very quickly. Um, my God, dude, I, I ever since that night, I've wanted a tattoo that has a, a like a, a waffle, not, not a waffle, a, a, a bar of soap plus a like peanut <laughs> equals <laughs> a waffle. <laughs> This right. has Let's jump in, man. the best line in, in Invader Zim in regards to Zigur eating waffles. He brings over a big-ass fucking plate in this episode, and he says, these got peanuts and soap in them. And he starts burping out soap bubbles. <laughs> soap bubbles, dude. <laughs> oh my god so, so Dib so Dib is able asks very nicely for Gur to put this camera in, in, uh, in Zim's house and he does it because Gur's nice or whatever he has no idea what's going on he legitimately thinks that uh, Dib and Zim are friends 
that's something that comes through uh, in throughout this yeah. series is he keeps on referring to Dib as Zim's friend. <laughs> um, and so they set it up and Dib is super excited because he wants to know about Zim's next evil plan. And the way Zim just says, ah, well, time to start working on my next evil plan. <laughs> Talk about oh. good timing, he says. Hold on. I got to pause you for a second because we got to go back. We have to mention the evil plan from the the Mordo episode was to put mutant, rant, was mutant it, rats yes. throughout the city. He just throw <laughs> them out. He'd carry around a cardboard box. Yeah, girl walking <laughs> around with a box. He just throws them at him. <laughs> so... When we say evil plan, we don't know what he's... It could be anything. <laughs> okay, so... Let's, it could be legitimate. It could not be. Yeah. I mean, there are a thousand evil plans that, that Zim comes up with. Uh, trapping the school bus into a pocket dimension where they're going onto a room with a moose is one of them. Opening crazy. Up, opening up the gates to the underworld during a Halloween celebration is one of them. Like, yeah, you were right, dude. Invaders. What's so great about this is is Zim, his evil plans know no bounds. He will come up with anything, and this is what and and and, and in other episodes. Uh, it shows that under his base is just like uh, uh, teeming with experiments and mutations. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, uh, Nano Zim, where Zim goes to a microscopic size to take over people's uh, uh, bodies. We have, <laughs> can't mention Dark Harvest. Because that one's wild. <laughs> uh, we Good have Lord. career day uh, where he he's going around trying to take over people's jobs by being better at them. He is Zip Boy, where he starts to uh, hypnotize the student body with this overgrown zit <laughs> that's growing on the side of his face. He has, I mean, like, honestly, dude, hamster, get it. Where you he, see one prominently in this episode. Yes, where he creates a giant hamster that goes on a rampage around the city. Door-to-door, yeah. uh, -door, where he runs a student fundraiser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite episodes... Black Battle of the Planets, where he realizes that the face on Mars is actually a probe that turns Mars into a giant spaceship. So Dib has to go find the butt of Mercury, and they have a giant spaceship battle on the size of planets. So you're right. When he uh, says, "Well, so the, the so let's, let's get into the episode." So. We know that he's planted the camera. He's sitting there. He is psyched dude, to like get this shit on record. This is the evil to, plan. He keeps on trying to call his buddies from the swollen eye. Um, mm -hmm. The swollen and, eye, by the way, all of their uh, 
code handles are like cryptozoology based. So Deb is yeah. actually Agent Mothman. If you didn't catch that, so I did. Uh, but he, the problem he has, and the one that, like, as an adult, now I understand, like, it would never, like, he'd never record anything this entire episode. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's the whole premise. He's going to wait until this can record, and it's never going to happen. Right. Uh, but his drivers aren't working, so he needs his computer to reboot drivers or something like that, so he can record with his camera. Deb has one of those sweet cartoon computers that you can talk to. <laughs> and it yeah. does what you want by talking to it. And it's a really funny play on the boy who cries wolf. Oh, for sure. Yes, oh. you're right. Oh my God, you're right. Um, yeah. But what he ends up watching isn't him <laughs> preparing his next evil plan. It's ends up breakfast time. Uh, Gurr for one reason or another, because he's Gurr, has decided to make waffles, which appear to be the first food that Zim has tried from Earth that he actually enjoys. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, does Gurr go overload with these things. He <laughs> brings him plates upon plates upon plates. At one point, he balances the one on his head. Oh, I love it. It's so cute. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. And every yeah, time that, that Dib tries to contact the swollen members of the swollen eyeballs, uh, nothing is happening. It's just showing people eating. Yeah. And so eventually, he, he runs out of swollen eyeball members to call upon. And at this point, Zim... I think is like really planning his next thing. So he brings up Nick, the hideously happy boy. <laughs> he has a big old drill oh, drilled into the screw, drilled into the side of his head that has a giant smiley face on it. Yeah. He can't stop talking about how happy he is. <laughs> this is weird. Like it's creepy. Yeah, thousand percent. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> and I mean, what comes next is just like a, a, a series of unfortunate events. This uh, demonic squid <laughs> breaks out. Yeah, the demonic squid. Of its voting um, and attacks Zim. Uh, Zim is able to thwart it off. Uh, and Gurdus keeps on feeding him. the real enemy. The real enemy of this episode is Gurr's waffles. Let's face it. Uh, yeah, they're addictive, <laughs> <laughs> and he always finds a new cute way to serve them. Yes, and if you don't want to eat them, he screams to bloody high heaven. <laughs> yeah, and, and eventually Zim just keeps on eating fucking waffles uh, until the giant flesh-eating squid creates a army of zombie robot cyborgs to do its evil bidding. Why couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the way that Nick is sitting there, just like, oh, yes! <laughs> They're eating Zim's flesh! The cottage makes me so happy! And at this point, he also ordered, Dib ordered pizza to try and, like, delay Zim. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting there going, oh my god, pizza! That makes me so happy! <laughs> 
I love Bloaty's Pizza. That is uh that is the Invader Zim Universe major pizza shop is Bloaty's Pizza. Uh, oh my god, dude! There's a fucking <laughs> commercial for Bloaty's in an episode where it's like obviously it's a dude in like a giant fucking mascot suit. He's super fucking fat, but yeah. <laughs> one of the kids like and there's like a ton of children crawling all over him, and one of the kids gets sucked into the fat suit like completely sucked into the fat suit and then comes out on the other side of the fat suit (laughs) Uh, this one this episode did though have my of the three that i watched it had my favorite art direction oh well i mean it's really Whatever. This is like a one of those like uh, uh, I forget what it's called a sandbox episode uh, yeah. where everything happens in one location. Yeah, and because it's all happening in one location, you really have to become unique with what you're presenting with. And I, I totally agree. The art style in this is awesome. Yeah, what particularly uh, were you impressed by? It was when the robots take Zim into the main, I guess the main room of the house, probably like by the door. I imagine that's the setup, the opening living right. room to the kitchen, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something and, like that. And all you see I, is I like imagine, really their shadows. Yeah. And you just see their shadows wailing on each other while Happy Kid is just sitting there eating waffles with her. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is incredible. And he never seems to fight them off with what looks like a plunger. Yeah. (laughs) And he comes back, and all he says is, he says, good thing I was able to repurpose those robots. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only explanation we get for how that ended. Yeah, like I feel like it's a horizon. Forbidden West thing where he like somehow turned the robots to his favor or something, but you're never gonna know. Like, <laughs> but for real, yeah, no, we will not know. No. And then, uh, uh, with the problems on the alien front solved, and Deb realizing that the swollen eyeball organization is ignoring him right now, he at least knows that he was able to record everything that he saw. And that uh, he could use that as evidence later on. Yeah. Until the army of cyborg zombies break into his house and destroy (laughs) the computer. (laughs) And this has maybe the most true-to-form reaction of any character in Invader Zim with Dib screaming no and slowly going into whatever (laughs) we have all fucking been there haven't we patrick yes we've all been there we've all been there to that moment where what just happened is so fucking destructive to your soul but you just don't give a fuck anymore who gives a shit what are you gonna do about it it happened. He says, no, whatever. <laughs> yeah, takes just off his glasses and goes to fucking bed, dude. <laughs> just clever writing, great art style. I think the show overall is that. I remember that as a kid, honestly. 
it was one of those that like there's I should be in no shock at this point that I love watching Rick and Morty. No, no. In, 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 in a thousand like, ways, it truly feels like Rick and Morty is a spiritual successor in some way to yeah. uh, Invaders in with with the the like characters interactions with each other the way that words that sentences are like strung together uh various like ways that characters deal with uh problems and solve plot lines like you're 100 right like if you grew up watching and loving invader zim you are 100 a rick and morty fan well, because more, you know, think about it. Morty never actually solves the problem, right? He usually screws something up, and then Rick has to save the day. Yeah, and Rick isn't much like, better. Like he, no. <laughs> yeah, like he keeps on he keeps on getting into his own way of of like of life, and so like he can't do anything right because he keeps on stopping himself. Yes, the, it, the what I think separates that show from one Invader Zim was for kids, so we can remember that. Like it was initially designed for kids, so it's not going to get as deep into some things. But specifically, the first like two or three seasons of Rick and Morty, that problem of Rick also lands on his family life as well. Yes. Um, so it has the same effect on his family, not just him traveling the universe, which makes it deeper, yeah. but it's not made for kids. Right. So it's, you know, it's allowed to do that. And this like questionable direction for Invader Zim, this like teenage uh, demographic that they were going for, this is what I think ended up biting them in the ass with it. Yeah. Because what time frame do you put a show for, you know, kids 13 to 16? You know, that's too old to be going to Nickelodeon for anything. So when do you put this on? Well, the idea was then that, well, maybe we move it over to MTV. And I think if they moved it over to MTV, we could have gotten a little bit longer legs on this motherfucker. But since they didn't, they really had no spot that made sense for uh, for Invader Zim on Nickelodeon. Thus, yeah. it would end up being canceled. They couldn't... Though there is... Have you ever heard of the Bloody Gur? No. So Bloody Gur is a one singular image that they sprinkled out through season two that on just watching it, you would never be able to see it, but you can actually pause at different times in different episodes and perhaps seeing an image of a bloody girl just staring at you. Uh, there was oh. reports that that them sneaking in bloody girl is what got the show canceled. Uh, that is not true. Vasquez himself said that nobody, none of the producers at Nickelodeon even noticed it until the show was already canceled. <laughs> and even then they didn't bother... What? going back through and re-editing the episode for reruns because it happened so quick that right. you literally can't tell. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, whatever. You know, Of all the things that happened on that show, come on. No, and you're right. So <laughs> we're going to talk about, before we get off of here, Christian parenting today. <laughs> what? 
So we love Invader Zim. And if you have a heart and soul, you also love Invader Zim. But if you are writing for the Christian Parenting Today magazine in the month of May 2001, you would become a, a, a woman named Jennifer Mangan, who called Invader Zim unchristian, immoral, offensive, blasphemous, unsuitable for Christian children, and insulting towards Christian values and beliefs. All accurate. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> it's like you. It's like it's like Jennifer. Listen, Jen. Listen, listen, listen. I know you. I know you think you just insulted Invader Zim. I know you think that what you just yeah. did was a gripe teardown of it. But there's something we have to let you know, Jen. Okay, that's kind of by design. Yeah, it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You were not supposed to be the one to watch this show. This show was <laughs> uh, the, the, the main, and, and we've talked uh, all of its praises, but I just want to toss out, just for Devil's Advocate, uh, the main um, criticisms of Invader Zim <clears throat> was its depiction of earth itself uh, showing earth as a, a downtrodden dirty place to be uh where humans are less than intelligent uh it's kind of like everything is kind of gross everything's kind of broken down and dirty um and i think that people who see this kind of disturbing and disgusting version of earth are fucking completely missing the point yeah, that is so, the point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I it's a mindset. I don't understand criticizing something for what it's doing on purpose. Yeah, and that's so. It's weird. I can notice that type of thing, but other things that are satirical, I just don't like. Right. I get what they're doing, but I just don't like it. In this case, I just think it's so clever. The it way that used. you're 100% correct, yeah. Like, there's a very poignant point for humans to be... I mean, to me, it's all through Zim's perspective. Yeah. Obviously, the whole show is through Zim's perspective. Of but course. Zim comes from the most highly advanced civilization in the universe. Of course he's going to see things as gross and disgusting and, and beaten down. And of course humans are going to be stupid and, and, and not notice him. Once again, I think everybody notices him, but they all also notice that he's no threat. Right. So is there a bad thing that I could say about Invader Zim? No, I think it's a fucking 10 out of 10. This is a perfect... Yeah. Uh, animated show. It came out at the perfect time. Um, and some of the episodes are really, really good. I, and I mean, like, really good animation style, humor. There's a couple episodes that are like horror based that I think are my favorite ones because if you can't tell by John and Vasquez's uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, he loves that shit. Yeah. 
you know, like Dark Harvest or the big spooky Halloween spectacular. Um, even the most horrible Xmas ever is astounding in an animation standpoint. Like, yeah, I love it. I think it might be my number one show that got canceled too early. I mean, for me, I think if they did one more season, I would have been good. One more complete season, dude. They canceled yeah. it in, like at the beginning. They had a twenty episode plan, twenty episodes planned for season two, and they only got through like six or seven. Yeah, so it's so weird. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, like that's one that I don't think it had a a Simpsons type run in them. There's too many nuances involved with that show. Yeah, for me. Um, I just wish it could have gotten to like a hundred episodes. Yeah, it would have been kind of cool. You know, just one hundred. That's five seasons. Yeah. 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 We'll never know. Maybe Did you. Though I'll tell you something that I do know. Hmm. Did you know that Gaz and Dib are clones of Professor Membrane? Did not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Want to know something that I also know? What's that? That we also do. A double movie review podcast. Yes, we do. On the film Harvest. And we're still not sure it's a great idea, people. <laughs> but we do it anyways with Noah. Uh, you can find that on all of your podcast listening devices uh, of choice. Uh, we really have a lot of fun reviewing two movies at once, don't we, Pat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's uh, Shutter Island and Dirty Harry this to weekend. Give, yeah, to timestamp when this is coming out. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, what an interesting slack of movies we got upcoming. Uh, Patrick, what is the number one way that people can help us? Tell your friends and family. Leave How does reviews. Noah fuck that up every time? I don't. I don't know. He's his brain works too fast for him to function. That's the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but tell your friends and family. Leave us reviews. Leave us a five star. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We're happy to do it. I, we've had friends that give us topics. We've done them before. Uh, I'm happy to do it. We love a new topic. Things we maybe don't know a lot about. Uh, we like learning about them. And uh, just... so if you and your friends are constantly arguing over the quality of movies, uh, send them to us. We'll we'll film harvest two movies that you and your friends are debating about. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just watched a video recently on um, the 60-30-10 rule. Oh, nice. Uh, that was neat to, I mean, learn about. I mean, now I probably knew that, but in like a very basic way from watching movies. But now when I watch something, I notice it. Yeah. Um, that is like the funnest thing. That's like whenever uh, I realize that's like whenever um, I read my first book that had uh, Save the Cat in it, which is a is a screenwriting device that like um, indicates to your viewer who the good guy is in a movie. Gotcha. Okay. You know that, that the good guy needs to do something that doesn't necessarily benefit him directly early on in the movie, such as right. saving a cat out of a tree. Saving that cat 
isn't going to do anything for the protagonist, but it's something nice to do. It informs the audience. So, you know, whenever you realize something like that, it's really, really fun. Um, but yeah, guys, come into contact with us at popcultureforest at gmail.com if you want to send in your uh, movie selections and choices, if you will, or even if you won't. Uh, that's in the description uh, for this uh, episode. Just like all episodes, all you got to do is is copy and paste it into a email box. Patrick, Vanilla yeah. Man, what have you been into recently? Um... I finished Under the Banner of Heaven. Okay. I was texting you about that one. Uh-huh. Um, so good. I mean, to, like, I texted you that it was top-level acting, and it's just all of them. Every yeah. single person in that show was so well cast and so well done. Um, there's about three or four characters in that show that had a major character shift, and it was really neat to see in seven episodes. Would you uh, will you be reading the book? No, I don't think so. I'm not a huge nonfiction reader. Fair enough. Um, it's got to be a topic that I'm really interested in and in learning okay. about. Or, uh, but I mean, I mean that has our a, boy Andrew Garfield in it, right? Oh, he's. I'm already calling it now. That's his award. Andrew Garfield's getting an award for that show. It's over. <laughs> I called it from the trailer and then I finished the show and that opinion hasn't changed. So I don't know what show is gonna come out. So that's very digestible. Yes. And we're already in June. I haven't seen a show with a better actor for six months. Sure. So unless the back half of this year has some real home run hitters, I don't see it happening. We'll see. Who knows? We might. Uh no, that rereading, I'm almost done rereading Where the Crawdads Sing, uh-huh. um, which is part of the reason I watched Under the Banner of Heaven because the girl that's in the movie is in it, and I don't know if I like her as an actor. Fair. She's one for two out of the things I've seen her in. Oh, that's a great ratio. Now we need a third thing. Yeah, so the movie will be the third thing, and that'll who's sell the, it. Uh, um, who, who's the actress? Daisy, Daisy Edgar, Edgar Jones. Yeah, I did not like normal people. And it might have just been the show, not uh, her. Never never watched normal people. Um, it was eh, it was not my favorite. Not my my favorite. Um, oh, it did see fresh though. That was okay. Um and I'm currently playing Sunset Overdrive. That's on Game Pass now that you have your Xbox, you can play that. Sunset Overdrive? Yeah. And it's uh, not the game I thought it was. <laughs> I fucking love having an Xbox now. Yeah. It's, just, it's a whole bunch of like grinding and jumping and shooting really cool looking ammo at zombies and stuff. Is it like an FPS? Yeah. Like first person? Yeah. See, like, I don't. Oh, no, not first person. I'm sorry. Not first person. It's third. All right. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's a pretty good time. I mean, it's. It's, it's you can do a little bit at a time. It's like quick little quests you can do. Some of them are actually pretty hard because the shit ton of zombies come at you sometimes. Yeah, I'm not a big. But the fan whole premise of, is, I'm a big fan is of like shooter games. The grinding makes it fun. Yeah, I like a. I mean, I, you know me, dude. I like a puzzle solver. Solver. I like. Yeah. Figuring out things. I like. Um, 
exploration. Basic premise, just so you know, and for everyone out there, if you haven't played it, it's an older game, but um, essentially it opens up with you being present at this party and uh, an outdoor concert, and then they give these energy drinks out that turn them into like zombie-like things. Uh. Uh, and you need to survive, and you end up meeting a whole bunch of groups, and one's a LARPing group, and it's a fun time. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, I just uh, did a replay of The Forgotten City. I cannot recommend yes. that game enough. Uh, that is such a great. Uh, is your puzzler? It really is, dude. <laughs> it is such a great puzzler. Uh, but it's deep, dude. Like the story in that game gets like surprisingly complex and deep. Um, also has my homeboy Glaucus in it. Go oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Glaucus. He's like the greatest dude ever. Yeah, go Glaucus. Um, Woo. <laughs> yeah, I uh, finished up. I finally finished up uh, Irredeemable, a just a fucking fantastic comic book. That so it t- everybody wants Superman to fucking go crazy and kill everybody, right? Yeah. So this comic is about that, except it, the first issue takes place ten minutes after that. Okay. You know, so at the beginning of this comic, Superman's already fucked everything up. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. Um, maybe has one of the best endings I've ever read in a comic book. It's was astounding. The ending of this comic left my mouth, my jaw on the floor. Um, high recommend there. Um, also did finally finish my first run through of the quarry, that brand new, uh, interactive horror game. We're starting that tonight. Yep. I went through, I I was, I got through my very first through of it. Um, and now I'm really excited to see what other ways to, to do things because you need to play with Noah. So then we can all talk about it. Oh, that'd be great, dude. Well, since you guys have, do you guys have it on Xbox? Yeah. Oh no, PlayStation. Yeah, we should do something where we all play it together somehow. Can it crossplay? I don't know. We got to figure that out. We'll we'll, we'll try out. it. We can see. Yeah. Either way, I don't think online play for it is up yet. I think that happens at the end of the month. Um, oh, I, I imagine they're gonna do it all crossplay. That's what most of the games do now. They have to nowadays. God damn. Yeah. So I'm down for that. I think that would be a great live stream, maybe. Yeah, that'd be awesome if we if we get Gavin in on it. Do Twitch? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Our our homeboy Twitch boy. Yeah, Uh, Patrick, I love talking invaders, and I could do it for another two hours, but I got shit to do today. Me too. Let's get it done. And uh, before we peace out, hashtag Batista Invader Zim game. Yeah, how about hashtag Mordo? Oh my god, dude! Batista for Mordo, their soul stealer. That's one of the boss Shut fights. The fuck yeah! Up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up! <laughs> Nailed it, Cubs. You have a great day. We love y'all. <laughs> Over there has been the Vanilla Bear Patrick, and if you don't know, you should know. This has been your Chocolate Bear Mundo. We'll catch you on the film harvest. Peace. <laughs>